0: Good morning, church. Good morning. So I'm glad to be here this morning. Uh, thank you for this uh, great opportunity. I have uh, this like uh, special thanks for Pastor Steve and the uh, leadership team, and a special thanks for Peter and Krista. And these guys are like falling in love with our nation. They just keep coming to Ethiopia and just loving us and supporting us. So every time when I come here to see these boys having a loving family and comforting here. So that's, uh, that means a lot for me because I'm from Ethiopia, I'm from Africa. I have seen the need, the challenge every day. So to see this, such kind of family is just like a big deal for me. So I have, uh, I don't know, I love you guys. I have this big heart for them. Their story inspires me. They encourage me personally. And now they, they are a big, a big thing for us. And they started this hope overflowing. And they keep loving and supporting our nation. So if uh, the Ethiopian government, if they are Christians, if they are like, understand missions, they have to give them like, special like, reward or something. <laughs> so love you guys. Thank you for this great opportunity. I'm glad to be here this morning to talk about a little bit about my country and our work in Ethiopia. And uh, I would like to say sorry about, about my accent. So English is not one of our languages. In Ethiopia, we have uh, more than 80 different languages within just, in my country. So English is not meant to them, so. We speak different language, and uh, I started speaking when I was school, in college. We, they, they, they taught us some English, then when I came to the U.S. about 10 years ago, to do some voluntary work. So that's like the turning point for me to learn a lot of English. I'm still working, so I apologize for my accent, but uh, we're gonna have some things that you can read, <laughs> and some subtitles over there. <laughs> So this is our crew in Ethiopia, right now, uh, I would say like about 35 to 40 people in different like uh, ways, we support, uh, just like we are not even like uh, two years yet, just one year since we got our license here, so God is like doing amazing miracle work in Ethiopia, just like crazy, so we just, you know, follow and trying to lead, uh, trying to lead the, the team in Ethiopia. There is one verse in the Bible I would like to read from Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 and 3. The Lord has said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and I will be a blessing. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will, whenever whoever curse you, I will curse and all people on the earth will be blessed through you. So every time when I think of hope overflowing, when I think of Peter and Krista, and when I think of about myself, this verse came to my, my mind. Because God, He just wanted us to be a blessing. He just said, like, I will provide. Just be willing. So when they come to Ethiopia, you know, Africa, to have a black child, take them as their own child. Paid a lot of money. I mean, that's a big deal. Uh, it, 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 takes, it takes a lot of an extraordinary heart, and uh, I know the, the church and a lot of you here. You are ble- a blessing in many in so many ways. We are not called all of us to be an adopted family or to do some kind of mission in Africa. You know, God wants us to be a blessing in so many ways. So I know that a lot of people here being a blessing. So when I show you some, some pictures here, I don't want you to feel like you know this guilty perspective, and uh, you have to do what you are doing. Because God called us in different ways. So some of us, we are are focused on orphan ministry. Some of us focus on Unriched People Group and pastoring here. You know, there is a lot of ways that God wants us to be a blessing. So this is just one of the mission focus. So these are our boys. This is like about a year and a half ago, about 18 months maybe. So one adopted family took that picture. So as Peter said, you know, we didn't plan to start organization or non-profit in Ethiopia. So, I personally, I came to Christ when I was 17. I'm 36 right now. I know I look very very young. I look 25. <laughs> so, you know, when I came to Christ, you know, I have uh, you know, this heart to serve the Lord. And uh, in 2008, when I came to the U.S. for the first time, I started seeing Christian life in different ways. I met a lot of American, American people, American families, And I have seen a lot of generosity, a lot of selfless personality. Then after I spent a year in Pennsylvania, I decided to go back home. And it was was a tough decision to go back home because, you know, as African guy, as African young guy, to come to America means a big deal. Because a lot of people, they would like to come to this country and live here. I would say most people in my country, if you give them opportunity or options to choose between heaven and America... (laughs) Most people, they may go for America instead of go to heaven. Yeah, because, you know, life is very challenging over there. I'm not saying we don't have good stuff. We have a lot of good stuff, but very tough. So it was a tough decision for me to go back. Then finally, and I didn't know about this, I didn't know, you know, meeting Peter and Krista, I, I was willing to go back home. It was a very tough decision. And my family, they were not happy at that time. Then it took me years to realize about... A mission to realize about being a blessing for others. Because Christianity in my country is more like focus on thinking or praying for our own blessing. We call it that prosperity gospel. We just like often talking and praying, thinking about, you know, I'm Christian, so I need to get this. I'm Christian, I need to get that. So we don't usually talk about the mission. We often think missions is the white people's responsibility. That's not our job. <laughs> but at the same time, Christianity is growing in my country and growing in Africa. Right now, there are more evangelical believers in Africa than any other continent. So Africa is the largest evangelical continent right now. At the same time, there are more unleashed people groups. Those people who never heard about Jesus for the very first time, they live in Africa, they live in the Middle East, very close to Africa. Because even though we are growing... Our population is also growing. In my country, 15 years ago, it, the population was about 80 million. Right now, I was checking even last week, 107 something million. Like within like 15 years, another 25 million people added in, in the country. So Christianity is also growing at the same time. So then it is very huge. People don't understand missions. So I, I had that kind of Christian life. Until I met Peter and Krista and other adopted families, and I also took the course called Perspectives on the Older Christian Movement. If some of you heard about it, very powerful course. I recommend if you are able to take that course, very missional course. Then finally, you know, I start thinking and praying about how to do something. Then when I met them, you know, their love for our kids, their passion, I feel kind of guilty as Ethiopian Christian. You know, I live in Ethiopia. I have uh, three meals a day. But every day when I go out for work, I see these straight children doing drugs on the street. Like so many straight children. Like more than 100,000. Only the city where I come from. So it's very, you know, tough. If I love God and if I love people, it's not something that I can ignore. Such things. Then, you know, I'm inspired by the other story. And, uh, you know, as Peter said two years ago, we just sit talking about how we mobilize Ethiopians to do missions, how we mentor, uh, you know, boys, hopeless boys in Ethiopia. Then finally God gave us, you know, these boys. I remember I was walking in the street of Addis Ababa and I saw these two boys trying to eat a vomit because it looks like a food. That was like the turning point, you know, we prayed about it and God, you know, putting in our hearts to respond for that use. It. I didn't even know those boys, but immediately, you know, this, this, this idea just from Holy Spirit came to my heart. And I shared with them, and they are, all, they are already doing that. You know, they are already adopting, they are already loving kids. And immediately, t- t- it takes me like two, two weeks to develop relationship with these guys. It was very tough. They don't trust anyone because of uh, their background. A lot of people trying to help them, but, you know, they rape them and they abuse them. There is a lot of... There is a lot of, like, corruption in charities and orphan ministries in Ethiopia. People, you know, they show you a lot of you know, dirty pictures, and they may make a lot of money for themselves. So because of that, a lot of, a lot of people know about that. Abusement in my country, they don't trust anyone. They don't want me to take a picture. They don't, they don't trust anyone. They don't understand love. All they understand is hate. They're hated by police officers. They have, like, a lot of abusement. Most of them they came to Addis Ababa in different factors, but most of them they are orphans. They may have like single parents or their both parents are passed away and they don't have any hope in this life. They don't choose to be on the streets. I hear that in the U.S. there is some homeless people, they choose to be homeless. It's, 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 it's very, <laughs> it's very hard, hard. When I came to the U.S. actually 10 years ago, I was helping homeless people in Philly, Pennsylvania. I didn't know there is homeless in America until I came about 10 years ago. Anyway, that's why we made this voice. Now, they have home. It's a miracle story. They have like, uh, they eat like four times a day. More than me, more than us, I think, (laughs) right now. (laughs) So they have a very nice home right now. They they are safe. They are transformed. So I will talk about it. So let me tell you some, some facts about Ethiopia. So in Ethiopia right now, There are about 5.5 million orphans. Like about 5% of the population is orphans in my country right now. It's tough. And uh, there there are churches, but we don't care about missions. So we have the the worship ministry. We have different kind of ministry. But we don't have this orphan ministry. We don't respond for the missions. So we have 5.5 million orphans right now. So, straight children, that's one of our focus. More than 600,000 state children in Ethiopia right now. And the capital city where I'm from is like over 100,000 street children live here. I mean, this is not like our number. If you Google, you can see it. The United Nations and other, other international organizations get us that number. If you walk on the street of Addis Ababa, you see a lot of kids begging Doing drugs, and um, the, the moms holding little ones and begging, and a lot of kids still abandoned on the streets. We have many, so many problems. So we are one of top, well, one of top four orphan-populated country in the world, and we don't have enough orphanages and care centers. We have some, some American focus American families, like Peter and Krista, trying to do something in Ethiopia. We have some few care centers, but it's not enough. So most most come from the big cities and call the street home. If you, if you like uh, ask them wh- wh- where is your home, they will, sh- they will show you the street that's their home. So they try to survive by begging, stealing and footing from the leftover home on the street. I have seen so many kids doing that. So intercountry adoption was a good solution. As you can see, the boys here. But right now our government, they closed adoption. There is no intercountry adoption anymore. They don't understand how these guys are happy here, how these guys are like safe here. Because if, the, if there is no adoption, I would say like these, these kids in Ethiopia, they live a very tough life. You know, they ended on the street. They don't understand the good part of adoption. They focus only really the negative side. I remember about 10 years ago, one, one child from Ethiopia came to America, I think in, in Washington state maybe. That's the only really s- story our government encourages encouraged to close the adoption. Like, that's one out of like, maybe 50,000. Uh, I mean, they don't understand the reality. In my experience, I visited so many adopted families' home. the truth is reality, the, the opposite. A lot of adopted families, they are suffering because they are trying to be hope for, for our children. So that's uh, the challenge. Uh, since last January, I think, there is no adoption anymore. So still, a lot of kids are abandoned on the streets, little ones like two months old, one months old, like police officers found on the streets. So Ethiopian churches, as I said earlier, they are not missionals, and they they, they, they they say like missions is like not our responsibility. Most of them, there is some movement right now. God is, you know, being mobilizing Ethiopian churches. There is some, you know, encouraging movement right now. I'm also Ethiopian, so there is some encouraging movement right now, but. Comparing with the need, it's not, that, it's not that great. Ethiopian families also, they don't adapt. Adoption is not our culture. You know, God wants every children to raise in the family setting. He wants a family for all children. So we need to mobilize Ethiopian families. That's also one of our focus. So, safe children, safe kids. So out of uh, 15, we started with 15, about 14 of them, right now they live with us. Uh, still some of them struggling with some of, some of the things. They were drug addicts, so it's, it was very hard to help them to be out of drugs. I mean, to see 8 years old boy, 10, 11, 13 boys, all kids doing drugs, that was a very tough, tough thing. So when we developed a relationship, me and my friends in Ethiopia, it was very hard for us you know, to see them. They are smoking weed, you can access in, in like cheap money, and they also like this suck the glue they put glue on the plastic bottle and they sniff it and suck it. You, you can see like so many kids doing that. So it was very tough, you know, to help them to be out of drugs. And uh, we started, you know, developing relationship, you know, playing soccer with them, feeding once in a week. Then, you know, other friends joined me and feeding them like twice a week, playing soccer with them. Then finally, you know, uh, Peter and Christa, they invested and uh, we started supporting them like every day. We buy everything, get them small business, clothes, and everything. Then finally, you know, the more they see our love, our generosity, our selfless personality, our, you know, uh, kind of, uh, we don't judge them. They are dirty, but we hug them, we love them. So when they, when they see that, they are willing to come and live with us right now. So now we have 14 of them living with us, but still, the need is so huge. I t- I'm telling you about 100,000 say, children, but we have only 14. But, you know, if you see them, how they are difficult, if you face the challenge, you understand how the work is so tough, how the work is very difficult. But our passion is big. We like to help as much as kids we can. That's why I'm here this morning. (laughs) That's why we are here to encourage American families, American churches to be with us, to support us, to pray for us. So now our boys, like I would say all of them, they are out of drugs right now. So they, they used to smoke cigarettes and so, such things. Now they are not doing any drugs. So to change, 14 kids, 14 teenage boys means a big deal. So now they are out of drugs. They have a lot of transformation. They love Jesus right now actually. They asked they ask me personally to buy a Bible for them. Now they are reading their Bible right now. So we don't tell them about it because some, some churches... When they do missions, you know, they go there and if you change your religion, if you come to church, I will give you food. You know, they hear that kind of approach. So we don't want to tell them such things. We're just, you know, loving them. Then finally, they have seen that love. They ask us to go to church and to read the Bible and to be Christian. That's, that's their request, actually. So now they are reading their Bible. They love Jesus. That's like our, our great success. So the other focus is mobilizing Ethiopians. Because the need is very huge. You know, we, we are dependent on, I know, a lot of adopted families from the U.S. coming and we are speaking churches. This nation being a blessing in so many ways. Still, uh, number one missionary sending nation, America, and a lot of charity. Organizations come out of this nation. But as an African guy, I have also this, you know, passion. So when is Ethiopian churches starting, you know, take care of our business? Because I was in one of the elder members in our church long time ago. So churches they don't understand missions, but they have good heart. If somebody tell them about it, if somebody mobilize them, inspire them, they have this courage. So this is our passion to see a lot of Ethiopians to be involved in missions, a lot of Ethiopian families to adopt kids, and a lot of Ethiopians to started organization like Hope Overflowing because then it is very huge. So we want as much as we can. You know, teaching, mobilizing, sharing our experience and encourage the Ethiopians. But it takes years. You know, for me, it took me like so many years to understand missions. To understand how I can be a blessing for others. It took me so many years. So, I have a lot of friends, good Christians. But, you know, focus on their own Christian life. We don't share, we don't give. I have, I, I have friends. So, we like to mobilize as much as we can, Ethiopians. So, that's also one of our... Our courage, all the staff members right now working with us in Ethiopia, they are the fruit of our mobilization work. We told them about missions and uh, how to a blessing for others. Now they joined us as part-time, as full-time. They are working with us. So we, like to, we would like to mobilize churches and families in Ethiopia to see a lot of Peter and Christa's families in Ethiopia. That's kind of our, our passion. We, we don't want to like, focus on... Our, just our kind of ourselves, our, our, our mission in Ethiopia. So these are the pictures, so these kids, somebody took us with me a long time ago. We had also a lot of pictures with Peter and Kristoff when they came. We, 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 we have to put <laughs> some of the pictures. <laughs> yeah, so that's a the picture, they used to sleep like that. So I bought that blanket for them, and that clothes, and I think you brought that clothes maybe. And that's their last picture, sleeping on the street. They sleep just like that, and they don't trust anyone. So they sleep on, uh, uh, like as, as together. They sleep like ten, bo- 10 boys together because there is some bad guys coming. So about like 35% of the kids in Ethiopia, they are raped. That's the statistics, government said. Even some of them raped by police officers. That's like uh, our story. So they, inter- they don't trust anyone, they sleep together. Th- those are like our, our boys. Now they have, a, they have a house right now. So this is like, you know, to see them sleeping in their own bed. That's like for their first time in their entire life. Wearing a pyjama, wearing underwears, brushing their teeth. They have like so many new things, like first things right now. So, you know, they are very excited, they are very happy. But still some of them, you know, they are tempted to go back to the streets because, because of the drug temptations. But if you, you know, hear their pain, you, you feel compassion for them, why they are doing drugs. Because most of them, they miss their family members. You know, most of our boys, they told me, that when they do drugs, because they miss their mom, and they miss their family members. And most of them, they are passed away. And for them, doing drugs is like, to do themselves, then to be out of their pain. It helps them. That's their reason doing on drugs. So because they, you know, they deserve family at this age, they don't deserve living on the streets. You know, this kids created by God. But because of somebody's mistake, somebody else made a mistake, now they became orphans. But God wants us to be hopeful, hopeless. You know, to, that's like the true worship in the sight of God. James chapter 1, I think verse 27, told us about orphan ministry. So when we understand that, now we got this house. Actually, it was a miracle. Last summer, I was here, you know, talking about uh, the next plan. Then the government took our boys to the detention camp. And uh, was kind of sad because we invested like almost close to a year, about ten, 10 months. We supported them, but the government took them to like around 300 miles far from Addis Ababa, the capital city. It's a camp, detention camp. Because when we have international meetings in our capital city, because our, our capital city is the capital city of Africa as well, there is a lot of international groups coming all the time, they clear the street. They took the kids like out of nowhere, desert, very far places because they don't want those international leaders to see our kids on the street. So they did that many times. So they took our boys. It was very sad. Then when they enter to that detention camp, all the boys, even some some of them, I don't even know them, like more than 20 kids, they gave our name at their parents. <laughs> because there is re- registration. So when I get back to Ethiopia, I-, I actually got a call from the government. So who are you guys? We heard about, you know, about, about your name, something. So I went to the MOA office, from Addis Ababa office, there was children and uh, women's affairs, and I talked to them. And uh, it, was, it was a little tough, you know, because you need to have a license To work in Ethiopia, then we don't have license in Ethiopia at that time. Still on the process. We have a lot of complication (laughs) problems. It's very tough. So you know, uh, when they see the passion and when they see our generosity and everything, and the boys told them, and they said, "Okay, we can let you to to start your work in Ethiopia without having a a a formal license." They gave us special permission. So that's why we opened this house. They gave us two weeks deadline. So in two weeks, hiring staffs, you know, buying beds and everything, forks. Actually, we usually we use our fingers to eat our food. We don't need so many forks in Ethiopia. <laughs> if you ever try our food, it's very little different. It's kind of crazy food in general. <laughs> so now within two weeks, you know, we got this house. It's a little far outside of the capital city. And after that, they just came. And they just live with us. And we don't have that, so many rules. We just live together. We just show them like you know a lot of fun fun ways, uh, you know how they live together, and they have uh, they have uh, a lot of comforts right now. They used to eat like this. I took this picture, so they t- they ate food like from the street. I remember me and my friends, our staff in Ethiopia, they fed us some of the foods on the street if if you are, if we had refused those food, you know they don't see love from us, and we were willing to to get feed from <laughs> that was very tough, but I have uh, some good friends, you know, or some some part-time staffs in Ethiopia. They are very selfless too. Then finally, you know, that's our house. We don't drink soda every day. That's like occasional actually. <laughs> so they, uh, yeah, they have uh, like formal food right now at the house. They eat four times a day. So, yeah, that's uh, the transformation. Drug was a big deal. Then now they are out of drugs, as I, as I said. All of them, only two of the boys, recently they are struggling. But all of them, they don't even remember drugs anymore. they just like out of drugs. So, you know, three, three guys, Peter, Kirsten and me, you know, talking about it. And people joined us. Helping even 14 boys to be out of drugs within a year time, that's a miracle. Now they also love Jesus. So if you have like more churches joining us, more people working with us. So, we, uh, you know, we can imagine how many kids we can help in Ethiopia. That's kind of our heart. So when they get high, they don't know what they are doing. You know, I took these pictures. They're stealing money. they uh, they begging. they like kind of fighting with people. They don't know what to do. When they get drugs and when they get side, they have so many problems. This is a picture before and after. You know, just to show you some of the pictures. Our future plan. So these are the things that we want you to pray for us because we believe God is with us. He would like to help as much as, you know, kids in Ethiopia. So we have also straight girls in Ethiopia, we don't have only straight, straight boys, we have so many straight girls. So because of their gender, so these girls are prostitutes, so they, they do their business on the street, on the sidewalk, walk up the street, so they have kids, so we have already like 10 straight girls right now, they, they don't live with us, they still live on the street, we need another home, another like female crew for them, so that's one of our, our plan. So they have also kids. One of them, she has like three kids, and two of them, they have two kids. So they have about 14 little ones. And the sad part is, I've been to their homes, the plastic homes, uh, by side by the main streets. These little children, they see everything when their mom's doing their business. That's the very sad part. Even recently, about a month ago, one of the girls, one of the mom, the one over here sitting on the front, she stepped by a knife by one guy, I don't know what, what happened, and they called us, and she was almost like, she get a lot of blood over here, she, she was almost died, and they called us at the middle of the night, and me and my friend, we went to the place, and we took her to the hospital, and her boy, the one over there, you see, now he lives with us in our house right now, he watched everything, and when she's doing the business, when his mom gets, you know, stepped by some, some bad guy, they watch everything. So we also love to have these girls. They have seen what we did for the boys. So they asked us. They wanted to do something for them. So we have this specific plan. We like to help them to be out of drug, to be out of problem, out of prostitution, and to know Jesus, and to, to, to be transformed, and to get them like some small business, and they can be able to raise their own children. So that's kind of our plan. That's our prayer request. We have... Uh, Girls, they are children, but we, we need more resources and people, support and prayer to start another home for the girls. And uh, we also want to off and help as much as straight boys we can. That's a recent picture. Some of the, uh, one of the guys I know he took this picture. It became like a very popular picture all over social media in my country right now. They are not dead, they are alive, but they are sleeping. They are on drugs. You know, kids in Ethiopia living like this right now. Just in the middle of the street. Like, you know, I always like promote loving God and loving people personally. And that's kind of my life motto. And as loving God and loving people Christian in Ethiopia living and seeing this problem every day. And uh, live a, f- a normal life. That's like challenging. So we want to help more kids. Like we want to offload a lot of kids in Ethiopia. I still got a call so many children. They want to live with us. Like they ask, can, can you get us? Can you come to live in your house? So many children right now. They wanted to live with us. But we don't have like enough resources to help, you know, a lot of kids. But that's also one of our future plan. To help as much as orphan kids we can. And if they have family, we like to reconnect them. We already reconnect some of the boys. Uh, last year, three boys, they are reconnected to their family. So we also reconnect them you know, help them to be transformed, to, to understand the gospel, and to love their family. So we are also helping their family members right now, about three of our boys' family members. They have like single mom. So we, ha- we support their, their moms too. So we like to show them that love too. So that's our plan. So they do t- tutorial right now, two of our staffs. They help them to understand the basic mathematics and English. So they are doing... Great right now, we have a classroom in our house, so that 's our classroom. They are doing tutorial but we like to also send them to the formal school so in september that 's also another future plan. We want them to get a formal school, and some of the older ones they' never been to school. We want them to get some kind of uh, vocational skill training, then they can self themselves like within a year time that 's also our plan, and you know we want our boys to in the growth, knowing and worshipping Jesus. That's also our, you know, bottom line. You know, I, before I came to Christ, I had a lot of, you know, experience. I was a tough boy. I was in the prison at the age of 16. I was doing a lot of bad stuff. I was very hard for my family. But when I came to Christ, my life is transformed personally. So I, I have seen that. Knowing Jesus means a big deal. So we want our boys to understand Jesus. That's kind of our bottom line. So right now they are reading their Bible, they ask actually us to buy a Bible for them. So now also we are getting them audio Bible, because some of them they don't know how to read. So we are also getting them the audio Bible right now. And uh, this is the last picture when I came, uh, some staff members and some of our boys, and they, they, they want to say hi everyone in America, <laughs> who is praying for them, who is loving them. So that's kind of our story. Uh, it's very challenging. If you are able to come to my country or any other countries in Africa, you have seen these so many needs. Like, hopelessness is like on the streets. A lot of kids, a lot of people, they don't have any hope. And at the same time, God wants us to be a light and the salt for the world. So, you know, we are just kind of trying to show you how people live the other part of the world. God created these people. You know, I believe God is the God of all nations, Right? He's the God of white people. He's also the God of the black people, right? Do you believe that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we believe that, you know, one day we're going to have this great crowd. As Re- Revelation 7, 9 said, you know, so many people that no one can, could count from all tribes, for, from all the culture, all the language, get together and worship. So we're going to have that diversity one day. So now, you know, we would like to promote His name to be known among the all nations and to be light for the orphan kids in Ethiopia. That's, that's our passion. We don't have this, you know, we are not talking about, we are doing amazing work in Ethiopia, help us. That's not our approach. We are just trying to be a blessing for others. And join us, pray for us, and let, let us help as much as kids we can in Ethiopia. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your patience. God bless you.